in the New Testament, there are 7,958 verses. 7,958 verses total. 87 of them mention baptism. That's 1.09%, or 1 in about 100. 52 of them mention repentance. That's 0.65%, or 1 in 150. 16 of them mention singing, which is 0.2%, or 1 in 500. 45 verses talk about the Lord's Supper, which is about 0.56%, or 1 in 233. 175 verses mention sin. That's 2.2% of the verses, or 1 in 45. 233 verses, however, mention love. 2.9%, or 1 out of every 33 verses in the New Testament, talk to us about love. The Bible tells us what love is. It tells us who we're supposed to love and what we're not supposed to love. It tells us how to love, and it tells us how we behave when we love. The scripture says all kinds of things. There in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said that to love God and to love others were the two greatest commands that God had given. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul says that the goal of our instruction or the aim of our charge is to love. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, Paul leads off the fruit of the Spirit, saying that the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, Peter caps off his list of virtues and characteristics that we as Christians need to be working on. He caps it off and ends it with love, saying that if, if these characteristics are ours and they are increasing, they will render us neither useless nor unfruitful in Christ. And it will make sure our entrance into the heavenly kingdom no doubt as we consider that. The Scripture only has to mention something once for it to be important. But boy, when we see it once in every 33 verses, I think we would recognize that love is an important thing for us to do. If we were going to list all the things that we as Christians should be involved in, surely at the top of the list we would see love. But the thing that we need to recognize above all when we consider the concept of love is what it says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18 it says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. When we talk about us as Christians loving God and loving others, we're not talking simply about a feeling or an attitude. We're talking about an action. And we as Christians today are asked by God to take the actions of love. And I want us to consider that for a few moments. What God has asked us not to feel, but to do as we love each other, those around us, and we love God. Before we look at that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we do love you. And we pray that we will act in a manner that shows that we love you. We know that to love you means to keep your commandments. We pray that you would strengthen us, that we would know your will, and that we would surrender ourselves to your will, 
so that we might do what you have established us to do. You have separated us and set us apart in order to live for you and to accomplish the good works that you created beforehand. Help us to pursue those actions of love. And help us, Father, to love each other and to love those in the world around us, but not simply to have some type of feeling or attitude, but to actually take the actions of love. Father, when others are against us, when others have not loved us, help us to continue to take the actions of love and thereby prove to be your children and to be like you. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for loving us. And we ask for your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace. And we ask for your strength that you would lift us up, that no matter what Satan hurls at us, that we might take your actions of love to glorify and honor you so that you might be lifted up in our lives. Thank you for loving us, Father. Through your Son we pray. Amen. When we consider the idea of taking the actions of love, we need to understand that love is an action. It is not simply an attitude. In 1 Corinthians, we often go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to talk about the definition of love. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It is not... Whoops, sorry, lost my place. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want you to notice that when Paul decided to find love, he did not say love feels patient. Love feels kind. It did not say love has an attitude or, or, or just a motivation. It told us what love does and what love does not do. When we're talking about the love that we are supposed to have for God and for others, we need to understand that it is an action. Now, certainly I recognize, beginning in verse 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels that have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains that have not love, I am nothing, and especially verse 3. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. I certainly recognize from that that it's possible to have actions that look like love, but not have the proper motivation, and so it's not love. I understand that's true. But the thing that we need to recognize is that if we have some type of attitude or feeling, but we don't have actions, then we don't have love. And we're not loving as Paul has defined here. Paul said love is something that does something and does not do some other things. Love is an action. It is not merely an attitude. And as we look through the Scripture, this is exemplified over and over again. If you turn to Luke chapter 7, in Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36, we find Jesus in the house of one of the Pharisees. And we see the sinful woman who has come into the house and she anoints his feet with oil and cries on his feet and wipes it down with her hair. And Simon, of course, is saying to himself, well, this man must not be a prophet or he'd know how sinful she is. And Jesus tells the story of the two debtors and how one had been forgiven 500 and the other simply been forgiven 50. In verse 42, Jesus says to Simon, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? 
I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven you. Now how was God, excuse me, how was Jesus able to tell that Simon didn't love him, but this woman did? By her actions. How do we know her love? By her actions. We can look at Jesus in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, verse 1. There it says of Jesus, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. But the point of this is not simply to tell us that Jesus loves us, or Jesus loved them, but to tell us why he did what he did next. And he washed their feet. How did Jesus demonstrate his love? He acted. He washed the disciples' feet. We think about the teaching of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, he says to us, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If we look at the parallel passage in Luke chapter 6, in Luke chapter 6, verse 28, in Luke chapter 6, excuse me, verse 27 and 28, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. When Jesus said that we were to love our enemies, He actually described what that meant. He didn't just mean try to have some nice feelings about them. He said you need to do good for them. You need to pray for them. You need to bless them. That's what it means to love our enemies, to do those good things for them. Let me look in Luke chapter 10. We all know the story of the Good Samaritan. After Jesus had told that story of the Good Samaritan, He asked the lawyer, which of these men on this road proved to be his neighbor? That is, which one was actually loving? Because remember, that's the question that's been asked. What's the great commandment? Oh, love God, love your neighbor. Yeah, but who's my neighbor? Who proved to be the neighbor that loved? Well, they recognized exactly who it was. In verse 37, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. The Good Samaritan loved the man who had been injured. Not because he felt compassion. For all we know, the other guys had some compassion, some sympathy as they passed by and thought, oh, how dreadful. It's so awful that this happened to this man. But it was the Samaritan who actually loved him because the Samaritan actually did something for him. And we could look at examples like this over and over and over again. But perhaps the greatest example we can find in John chapter 3 and verse 16. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world. God just felt compassion. God just felt some things towards him. No, no, no. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
We know that God loves us, not simply because God said, I love you, not because He's told us of some feeling, but because God has taken the actions of love. And despite what we have done to Him, despite the fact that we have spit in His face and we have cursed Him and we've turned from Him and we've gone against His will our entire lives, despite the fact that we have given ourselves over to sin, God looked down upon us and He didn't just say, I love you. He didn't just feel love. He took the actions of love. And He sent His Son to die for us so that all those sins could be taken away and we could be turned back onto the path of righteousness. God took the actions of love. We need to understand that love is an action. It's not merely a word. It's not merely a thought. It's not merely a motivation. Love is an action. And we need to take the actions of love. Well, when? When do we need to take those actions? The Scripture demonstrates that we need to be taking the actions of love numerous times. But this is not always easy. In fact, far too often we don't want to take the actions of love. We want to take the actions of fairness. Oh, I don't know how many times I hear, but that's just not fair. It's not fair. They did this to me. We don't want to take the actions of love. We want to take the actions of vindication. I want to make sure that everybody knows I was right. Sometimes we don't want to take the actions of love. We want to take the actions of vengeance. Remember, I had a band teacher one time. He said, I, I, don't, I don't get revenge. I get even. I'm not even until I'm one up. And sometimes that's what, that's what we want to do. It's hard to say I'm going to take the actions of love, especially when folks have, have not been loving to us, but the Scripture demonstrates that we need to take the actions of love, really, no matter what else is going on around us. When someone is hurting We need to take the actions of love. Isn't that what we see in Luke chapter 10, that parable of the Good Samaritan? When someone is hurting, we need to take the actions of love. When someone is a brother or sister in Christ, we need to take the actions of love. Look in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Romans 12 and verse 10, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love one another with brotherly affection. If somebody is our brother or sister in Christ, we need to love them. But somebody may be skeptical and they may be asking questions and they may not know what the will of God is and so they're questioning it. Mark chapter 10 and verse 21 demonstrates that we need to love them. In Mark chapter 10, the rich young ruler had come to Jesus He was asking questions, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And verse 21 tells us something interesting. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Sometimes folks are going to let us down. They're going to disappoint us. John chapter 13 shows that we need to love them anyway. John 13, 1, when it talked about Jesus loving his disciples to the end, and then he went and washed their feet. Jesus knew, even at that point, that that night, the disciples were going to abandon him. Peter was going to deny him three times, and Judas was going to betray him. But what did Jesus do? He loved them anyway. People are going to let us down. What do we need to do when they let us down? We need to take the actions of love. That's what Jesus did. So should we. When folks are sinning, we see the example of God in Romans chapter 5 
and verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Someone may be in their sins. What's our job? Our job is to take the actions of love. Somebody may be sinning against us. What's our job? Our job is to take the actions of love and show them love. Let them know what God has done for them. Sometimes it's weak brethren. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 15. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. If we're talking about a weak brother or sister in Christ, we need to take the actions of love. So often, we take the actions of disdain. Why can't they be stronger? Why can't they be more like me? Instead, we need to take the actions of love with our weak brethren. We need to take the actions of love with those who can do nothing for us. In Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 35, Jesus there says, Love your enemies and do good. Now notice this. And lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Even when they can do nothing for us, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to take the actions of love. We're supposed to take the actions of love. We're we're talking about our leaders within the body. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Our leaders are supposed to take the actions of love towards them. If it's your wife, you're supposed to take the action of love toward her. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up. It's your husband. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior. Not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. Now we'll actually read verse 4. And so train the young women to love their husbands and their children. Is it your husband? then you're supposed to take the actions of love. But this verse always says, are they your children? Then take the actions of love towards them. What about your parents? In 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 4, we see a demonstration of love. If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. This is an example of love if it's your parents. Love them. If they are your enemies, love them. Take the actions of love. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And if they are people who do not love you back and refuse to love you back, verse 46 says, If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. 
We're supposed to love even when others do not love us. We must take the actions of love. We could go on and on and on. Do you get the picture of what Jesus is telling us through Scripture? It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what they've done or what they plan on doing. It doesn't matter what we know about them. It doesn't matter where we are or where they've been or where they are. Our job today is to take the actions of love. In fact, in one sense, that is all God has asked of us today, is to take the actions of love toward others, toward those that we come in contact with. I can't help but think of a passage like Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, the Scripture there says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's hard. With some people, it is hard to put away the bitterness and the resentment and the grudges and, and all those things. It's hard sometimes with some people because of how they've treated us to put on kindness and forgiveness and tenderheartedness. How do we do that? Well, Matthew 5.44 says, Love your enemies. What's worked for me is just take the actions of love anyway. If we wait for the feeling to come, it, it just might not. Because there are some people, I just have to tell you, it's hard to feel love for them. But when you start taking the actions, you know what often happens? the feeling starts coming. When you pray for them that they can have the blessings that you desire and want, when you pray for them that their needs will come about, when you pray for them that God will bless them and that they can be a blessing in the lives of others, it's amazing how often the feelings of love can come. When you just take the actions of love, it's amazing how love can grow out of that. Some folks have said, well, just fake it till you make it. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Act as if. How would I act if I really did love you? That's how we need to act. Take the actions of love. Well, what are those actions? What are the actions of love? Let's look again at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because I think it gives us a great list of what the actions of love really will be. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, we'll read it again. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What actions do we see here in this definition? Love takes the actions of patience. People mess up. People do things wrong. We need to learn to be patient with others. Don't we want others to be patient with us? I know I need patience all the time. I, I know I need, I need Marie to be patient with me. I need my kids to be patient with me. I need you to be patient with me. Love takes the actions of patience and suffers long with those who are around us. Love takes the actions of kindness. Love does the good and nice and kind things. Love sees what others need and provides that. Love puts others before self. As the text goes on, it says, love does not envy. That means love takes the actions of support. 
You see, envy is the idea of I want what others have and I want to take from them. But love is the exact opposite. Instead of I look at others for something to take from them, I want to give and I want to support. That's what love does. Love takes the actions of support to lift others up and to encourage them in the blessings that God has given them and to be happy with them when God has done good for them. Love takes the actions of support. It says love does not boast and is not arrogant. Love takes the actions of humility and honor. Instead of trying to have that honor for self, instead of trying to boast and let everyone know how amazing love is, love humbles itself and honors others and lifts them up. Just as Romans 12, 10 said, remember? But brotherly love, have brotherly love with affection and outdo one another in honor. That's what love does. It takes the actions of honor and lifts others up. Paul goes on says it does not boast and is not arrogant or rude. Yours may say behave unseemly. Love takes the actions of propriety. Love does what is proper. Love doesn't step out of the bounds. That kind of lying, pushing, and flirtatious, stepping out of bounds and kind of being just a little bit inappropriate, that's not love. Love doesn't do that. Love behaves with propriety. And it acts toward others in manner that is proper. I'll tell you what, in our society, that is being lost more and more and more. I'm not saying that we have to go back to the Victorian manners. But there was a time when people dealt with each other properly and you didn't step out of bounds. and You didn't talk to women or men or folks of opposite gender in certain ways because you just knew it wasn't proper. Love behaves and uses the actions of propriety. It doesn't step outside of those bounds. Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. Love takes the actions of sacrifice. Love puts others before itself, their needs, their wants, and their desires. Love takes the actions that puts us on the back burner and lets others have the blessings and the honor. Love doesn't seek its own way. Love is not irritable. Rather, love takes the actions of peace. Love takes the actions of of serenity. Love takes the actions of getting along. Not peace at all costs. Not the idea of we're just going to let folks teach error, but we're not going to rock the boat. We're not talking about that. But in our personal relations, so often in, in our natural selves, we're out to get what we want. But love, takes the actions of peace. Instead of having that aggravated, irritable, resentful kind of mindset, love takes the actions of peace. And along with that, it says it's not irritable or resentful. Rather, love takes the actions of forgiveness. Instead of keeping track of all the wrongs that are done, instead of having that kind of low-lying aggravation and frustration and grudge-bearing and keeping track and keeping score, Love takes the actions of forgiveness and wants others to be forgiven. Love rejoices in what is right. It it rejoices in the proper things. It says that love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. 
love out of a desire to be a friend doesn't sit back and say, oh, I know what they're doing is wrong, but boy, I, I want them to like me, and so I'll just, I, I just won't say anything. No, 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 love doesn't do that. Love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. Love rejoices at the truth. Certainly in some relationships, say the parenting relationship, love is going to include discipline when folks are pursuing wrongdoing. But love in every relationship rejoices at the right things when folks are pursuing truth and righteousness. It goes on to say that love bears all things and at the end of the list endures all things. Those two go together. Love takes the actions of forbearance. Bearing with one another and lifting one another up and holding up one another no matter what we suffer. Love believes all things and hopes all things. Love takes the actions of trust. Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Love trusts. We need to take the actions of love. And it's hard. These are not always things that we want to do because people don't often treat us in these ways. And you remember what Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 says, right? It doesn't say treat others the way they've treated you. It says treat others the way we want to be treated. Is this not how we want to be treated? In our marriage, isn't this how we want to be treated? Among our families, isn't that this how we want to be treated? Among our brethren, isn't this how we want to be treated? Among the world, with our co-workers, with our neighbors, isn't this how we want to be treated? Whether they treat us that way or not, we need to take the actions of love. That's what God has asked of us today. Just take the actions of love. The feelings will come. The reason love is important is not simply because it's one more command in the list of commands that God has given us. It's because it is the command that encompasses all else. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, Paul said that we should owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14, Paul said, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In the book of James chapter 2 and verse 8, the Scripture says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. All too often we have the idea that we love folks simply because we haven't done absolutely bad things to them. What we need to recognize is that we love folks when we take the actions of love. When we do love. That's what God has asked of us today. And as I said, in a very real sense, that's the only thing God has asked of us today. To act in love toward Him, toward others. No matter what the feeling is, start working on taking the actions of love. 